this is Jason Hensley with the Magnify Him Together podcast. In this episode, we are going to talk about a phrase that comes out of the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe it's a phrase that you've heard before, that you've thought about a lot. I remember using this phrase with my friends. I remember talking to them and, in my mind, thinking that by using this phrase, I would inspire them. That... Just as I said this phrase to myself and it it pushed me to try harder, do better, that it would do the same thing for them. That phrase is be perfect. It comes from the end of chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's where the Lord Jesus explains that we are to be perfect just as God is perfect. And so to me, I would say that to myself as a teen. And when I would say that, I would think, that's right, try harder, do better. And so, in fact, I would, unfortunately, do the same thing to my friends. You know, I would walk up to them and say, well, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. You know, my standards were somewhat arbitrary, too, which was part of an issue. <laughs> and, and I would explain to them what I thought Christ wanted us to do. And eventually my friend said to me, you know, you have these really high standards and some of these things that you're talking about, they're not even in the Bible. You know, you have these ideas of things that people are supposed to do. Where did these even come from? You're not being flexible enough and you're being unrealistic about the things that people can do or should do. And I would respond to that by saying, You, therefore, must be perfect. That's what we're commanded to do. So yeah, maybe it's unrealistic, but you need to try. You need to try to be perfect. Is that something that you've ever said to yourself? You need to try to be perfect? I mean, if we just step back and think about it, it's sort of a funny thing to say because it's completely impossible. We know there is absolutely no way whatsoever, no matter how hard we try, that we will be perfect. And so, you might realize where this is going. By striving to have perfection in everything, we set ourselves up to constantly be failing. Now, we can learn from our failures, and I think we should do that, and I think that's good. But I think we also need to approach life, and particularly with other people, you know, it's a little more acceptable to be hard on yourself, but with other people, right, what I was doing was totally not okay. Perfection is not attainable. And, well, maybe you might feel how I felt at the time, that, well, we need to at least try for it. If that's our goal, we will never meet the goal. Instead, maybe we should make our goal smaller steps. Try something like refraining from anger for a day. And then two days, 
and then three days, and then acknowledging that we can't reach perfection, so yeah, maybe we'll get angry again. But then we keep trying. And with those little goals, we can meet those things. Now, you might be thinking, okay, well, that's fine. That's good as far as goal setting. But you just totally ignored that verse. The Lord Jesus says, you therefore must be perfect. Are you just going to ignore that verse or try and sidestep it? Well, that's one of the funny things about this whole conversation. So, I used to use this verse to try and tell people that they needed to do better and try harder and did the same thing with myself. But in fact, that's not actually what the verse says. If you were to read this verse in Greek, what you would notice is that the word be is not an imperative. Now let me clarify what that means. An imperative is a command. So when we tell somebody, take out the trash, or clean your room, any of those kind of things, those are commands. Those are imperatives. Well, in this verse, be is not an imperative. In other words, the Lord Jesus is not commanding anything in this verse. You therefore must be perfect that's not a command. You might say, well, then, if it's not a command, then what is it? You, therefore, must be perfect. How is that not a command? Well, the word be is actually, rather than being a command, rather than being an imperative, it is a future tense indicative, meaning it simply states something that will happen in the future. In other words, we should be reading this verse as, therefore, you will be perfect. This is not the Lord Jesus commanding, try harder, do better. It's good to try harder. I don't want to sound like that. We should be trying harder. We should be doing better. But that's not what Christ is saying here. He is saying, therefore, you will be perfect. And in fact, a number of newer translations are translating the verse that way. You'll see this translation in the New King James. You'll see it in the New American Standard from 2020. Translators are acknowledging, oh, right, this is future. It's indicative. It's not a command. Now, the key thing, too, is that this verse has the word therefore in it. Have you ever noticed that? I think so often when I've read it, I've just taken it as an afterthought. You must therefore be perfect. It's just part of the phrase. But you know what therefore means? It means that whatever is being said here relates to what came before. And yet how often have I, how often have you simply just quoted this verse as though it's some kind of maxim? You know, this is, this is just a timeless truth. Be perfect. And we might even forget the therefore. But the therefore is what makes this whole thing make sense. You will be perfect, Christ is saying, because of something. What is it? Why will we be perfect? Verse 43 reads, 
You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you will be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Do you see what Christ is doing here? He's saying that when we learn to love our enemies, when we learn to pray for those who are persecuting us, that's when we will be perfect. Now you might say, what? How is that perfection? Sure, that's a good thing to do. That's not perfection though. When we do that, we wouldn't have gotten rid of all sin in our lives. That's right, because that's the rest of the verse. Therefore, you will be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Christ just said, God makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. In other words, in this context, Christ is talking about the way that God treats people. And he says that particular way, that way that's full of mercy and grace, that's what you need to do. And if you do that, then you will be perfect in this particular way that God is perfect. Christ is saying this is one of the characteristics of God to emulate. It's not a command to be perfect in every aspect of life. What Christ is saying is to learn to pray for those who stand against us. To learn to love our enemies. Because when we do those things, then we will become a little more like God will be following God in that aspect of his perfection. So, let's remember that this week. Let's work to change our thinking. Let's make those small goals so that each day we can get closer and closer to that aspect of God's perfection because when we learn to love our enemies which will be a continual battle in our lives but the more we learn to do that the more we will get closer and closer to that aspect of God's perfection thanks for listening and I'll see you next time on the Magnify Him Together podcast <laughs>